0: All right ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 1 of the Blue Collar Talk Show, um where we're here to talk about work, getting work done, doing work. I am uh Aaron, one of the hosts, and I'm Josh, another one of the hosts. Uh Josh is uh new to the show. Um this has been a long time in the making. Um and we're excited to finally be here uh yeah absolutely
1: it really i've said this before but it really feels like prom you know i'm I'm a little nervous (laughs) my first time really getting out there you know
0: yeah well
1: i practice by myself but it's nothing like the real thing
0: (laughs) but hey we're we're old friends so we just yeah
1: it's basically that's just you know talking about uh work and life and you know past and present and hopefully future.
0: Yeah. yeah and I mean obviously you know if we're gonna talk about a bit of a roadmap I mean today is sort of a glimpse at what a normal episode is going to look like but we do have plans to interview uh, people from all walks of life. Um, mm-hmm. We're very curious about what you guys do as listeners um, and if you ever want to you know connect up with us we are working on getting a facebook page set up uh we're working on all of that social media business so that you can get a hold of us and maybe we can sit down with you and have a conversation with you we want to be connected we do want to be connected so moving on
1: yeah so uh what was your first job You're, you're you're a candy man right
0: (laughs) yeah so i worked the candy man i i worked uh i worked at a grocery uh candy store um in a small town called virginia city nevada um for those of you that don't know i grew up in silver city which is just a couple miles down the road from virginia city um vc is basic when i say vc i mean virginia city by the way uh vc is basically a tourist trap um and uh, in upcoming episodes, I'm going to talk about other work that I did in that area. Um, but for now, we'll talk about the candy store. I'm fine with that. So the first job, <laughs> first W-2 based job that I ever had was called Barrels of Candy. I started working there when I was 15 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I just I did not do very well. But you know again it was my first ever job so yeah
1: um and sometimes teenagers suck just gonna throw it out there it's not their fault it's just kind of the way of the world
0: i was one of them um (laughs) I, i i was there i think i think my entire premise of being there was to to make a paycheck um, because teenagers need money i like buying cds and i like buying spark plugs for my 1971 yamaha enduro that ate spark plugs like they were ironically candy um <laughs> and you know engine repairs are expensive so um let's see i i got the job um you know pretty much sight unseen off the street and you know um what it entails so I'm just
1: I'm running through that whole scenario in my head. Hey, do you like candy? Do you like to come in? Get some
0: candy. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, oh, we really have to start uh reworking our business pitches here.
0: <laughs> so, so I get the job. Um, I got the job. It was really quick interview. Um, I'd never interviewed before. And I think she's, you know, the lady who was running the place was used to hiring, you know, high schoolers fresh off the street. Um, and normal day-to-day stuff, you know, you scoop ice cream because they had an ice cream parlor within the candy store. Um, and uh, you, you, you build the, the candy piles on the barrels. Um, I know you're going to ask about it. Uh, the barrels are not um, actually filled with candy uh as some people might think that they are um what they do what we do is we flip the barrels over so that they're on there uh you know it's it's uh Ass- the bottom is facing up so you have a little gap you know a space where you can build your little platform of candy and then you pile the candy up into a nice mound of candy that's appealing to the customer's eye um and that's going to lead me to the story about the uh the sticker stick or not the sticker stick sorry the candy stick that's another job that i worked um (laughs) the candy stick so we had like this candy stick for scooping candy out from in between the barrels and it's basically this like jagged hooked piece of metal that's attached to like this really splintery crappy broom handle basically
1: it's like the, the the dollar store grim reaper
0: pretty much pretty much um it, it, it's like the dollar store grim reaper and like the dollar store he, he was there and he saw like a little bit of aluminum flashing and it was like maybe that'll work and he only was able to get like an inch or two of the stuff yeah. um and the thing oh, so too, also cause... just like prom okay yeah exactly uh it would it, 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 like you would cut your hand on the stupid thing like it just and i and i'd always forget you know um so i mean i, I don't know it's kind of crappy and um for for i know i know this one's gonna make my dad laugh but so here's the thing is that i don't actually remember why i got fired i know the lie i told myself and i know i, I know the lie i told everybody else i just don't know i think it was i think it was legitimately because i just sucked at my job um but there was a day where like i you know i was i was busy stacking up all that candy and uh some kid knocked over my candy barrel and i was gonna whack him with the candy stick and uh that's the lie that i told myself um i i I do remember that happening i just don't think that that was why she fired me i think it was just because i was a really crappy employee um which you know again i was a dumb teenager man that's true i mean you
1: had you had positive traits though i mean you were always punctual punctual
0: that's true um i don't think i ever showed up late once i've always been the type who like i i I operate on lambo time um or uh lombardi time you know what that is I'm not familiar now. Uh, so Green Bay Packers had a coach named Vince Lombardi, and he was uh, notorious for having all these cool little things that he would do or say. Mm-hmm. He at one point told his team, if you're five minutes early, you're on time, and if you're on time, you're late. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I do I do get the reference, but um, I didn't know that that was uh, from Coach Lombardi.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said Lambo because lambo fields the field uh, the packers play on but it's lombardi um i'm pretty sure that was the but, one that said that
1: you know it's uh being at that 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 age um when you're really starting to discover yourself and having your first shitty job and things like that you, you really start to develop a sense of um being lied to because i mean you you were punctual you were always early and on time and they used to tell me all the time that, that that's the most important thing on time. No. That, that's the most. No, the fuck is not. That is not the most important. You thing, actually have to, to do your job.
0: Showing up is like the first like the first like 10 seconds of the battle. You still have an additional, you know, eight hours to actually work to prove yeah. that yeah yeah no <laughs> you gotta <laughs> actually do something while you're there showing up's half
1: the battle no no it's <laughs> i care to uh disagree
0: i mean yeah. look i know i know it's a little i know it's a little off topic but i saw a twitter i saw a twitter quote today and it was from planet fitness uh-huh. and it said name a new year's resolution more difficult than remembering your earbuds for your for your gym sesh and I wanted to respond. Actually showing up at the fucking gym. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that's an important one. Yeah,
0: sure. you got to be there in order to have the headphones. To <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right, man. So you, man, we're gonna move on to gym. you. And oh, yeah, okay. your first job. You're not getting out of it that easy. Um, <sighs> okay, well, and I and 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 you know, to our to our listeners, I just want to state that. This man will disagree with me until he's blue in the face, but I think he had one of the coolest first jobs a dude could ever have. I think he had one of the coolest jobs that the United States has to offer. It's There's a lot of cool jobs out there, and this job that he had was pretty fucking up there, in my oh. humble opinion.
1: I was a dentist. <laughs> 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 now, at the um, the young age of 17, I decided that I was... Uh tired of eating out of dumpsters and surf, uh, couch surfing and being useless. So I was like, you know what, I think I'm gonna join the Navy. And, uh, really my, my uncle talked me into it. Um, thank you. Sorry. Um, uh, such a disappointment on that one. Uh, cause <laughs> it didn't work out. I'm no longer in the Navy. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was fun. It, it was, it was definitely an experience. And, uh, one of those things where I definitely feel the pang of, you know, a little modicum of uh, regret there. Um, could have gone far with it and I didn't. But yeah, no, it's got a lot of great aspects. Like, um, I don't know, being trained to be a firefighter, super awesome. Um, weapons training was pretty cool. Uh, not super in depth, like, you know, the Army of the Marines, but, you know, you get to learn how to shoot. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was, uh, it was fun. I mean, in, in hindsight, that was oh, fuck. 14 years ago now <laughs> yeah
0: do you, you know, remember um, do you remember what they were having you shoot when you did your weapons call
1: yeah it was uh it was either a nine millimeter or 45 and uh then we had shotgun and then when you move on to uh your a um very next duty station your a school um i was in basically unless submarine school and our quals for uh like top side on the submarine you had to have m16 uh calls at the time yeah um but yeah not not super in-depth we don't have the huge array of weaponry um we just you know we're on a submarine so we get to play with really cool guns like you know ones that'll destroy planets and shit (laughs) (laughs) like
0: yeah
1: i'm just gonna launch these tomahawk missiles and you know i'm gonna level a a, city 3200 miles away you know, from yeah. the Pacific Ocean, but you know,
0: you know, I often I often think you know I think about you know, the people who have the push the button job. You know, ah. there's there's a whole process to it that takes a certain amount of time, from what I've been told. You have to have a chain of command pass all these orders down to the final guy who's pushing the button, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the thoughts that I had is I was like, you know, for like the best possible service that you could be in um would have to be the navy because you just most of the people that you're attacking you don't see you know what i mean they they just we we have some i like that the united states has like the best toys to play with in the entire sandbox you know and our allies are treated pretty well they they they're able to come and look at our toys and be like those are those are very we nice toys we do have fun toys we definitely <laughs> have fun toys yeah.
1: um even our training toys are super fun like i mean i can't recall exactly every document that i signed so i'm taking a little bit of risk here but um i mean battle stations 21 uh in boot camp like the final test is fucking amazing um, I'm trying to remember just the, uh, news clip of
0: mm-hmm. what
1: they showed on it so that I don't, <laughs> so that I don't say too much, but, um, cause you do have to sign, you have to sign this thing saying that you won't give away everything about it. Cause it, it's a mock battleship underground, um, complete simulation yeah. of
0: things if that you, you do on tour. If you go on YouTube, um, mm-hmm. there's a whole video um that shows what uh all of the branches uh basic training looks like um Mm -hmm. and i gotta say the marines and the army their basic training is kind of terrifying air force actually the coast guard was pretty that, that one was... yeah
1: that's that's um i want to issue a formal apology i'm sure there's nobody that i mean potentially someone's gonna hear this episode who uh, goes no i know that guy swabs mm-hmm. was a dick guess what yeah yeah i was i'm gonna issue a formal apology say a couple jokes and then solidify my apology because i was definitely a dick especially when i got to basically in the submarine school mm-hmm. um out in grand connecticut uh we would always go over across the bridge to new london go to the mall and just kind of hang out um, well, there's also across the river is the, um, officer training school for, um, the coast guard and we were not nice. Um, I definitely, you know, kind of cowardice here, but I'm blaming my superiors. It was all their fault. No. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> We definitely had a lot of jokes at their expense. You know, buddy would spill something on the ground, like a drink or something, like oh, quick, somebody clean that up before they try to sail in it. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> Well, we I referred mean, to
1: them as puddle jumpers and yeah, yeah. it was it well, was not nice. Funny, but not nice.
0: I definitely, I definitely, and for anybody that's in the Coast Guard, uh the order that was in the Coast Guard that's out there, I definitely would like to talk to you guys too, especially if you worked on one of our icebreakers or uh did anything involving um hunting drug smugglers uh, off of mm-hmm. the coast of uh California and Mexico uh because they 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 get to see some pretty intense stuff um yeah i saw a video and i mean where... they're
1: training i actually looked into going into the coast guard uh mm-hmm. when i did get kicked out of the navy because uh, through a loophole um, I could have, I probably still could um, if I was in shape. I mean, I don't know what their age range is, but um, the Coast Guard is technically not military on paper. It's Homeland Security. Uh Um, So I'm really only banned and barred from joining the military again. (laughs) Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. No, they're,
0: they're, they're, they're icebreakers. Like, that just seems like that's one of those. Again, I'm not I'm not putting it up there with submarine, but that's still a really cool job. Um, it's all
1: unique. It's all interesting. Yeah, like, I exactly. don't like. In hindsight, ever since I've been out and with every year and the more and more knowledge that I gather and the more people that I talk to that are you know between ex special forces and just mm-hmm. uh, regular service men, uh, men and women, it, it is just all unique. It is all interesting. It is a differing yeah. experience or different experience, but it's not like like you said I I will argue this till I'm blue in the face you know I don't think that it's one of the coolest jobs but you're entitled to your opinion mm-hmm. uh, it was definitely fun I mean <laughs> being Sweet. trying to be a firefighter learning how to um perform under pressure especially when you know water's um the one thing I didn't tell you and I'm not sure if I can I'm just going to do it anyway so I told you the story about uh how you're in this like mock machinery room mm-hmm. and you're doing routine maintenance and checks um on all these pipes, and then one breaks, and it rushes in hundreds of gallons of uh, <laughs> ice cold water from the bottom of the river. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting there with a little clipboard, and it just starts pouring in my face. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm trying to get in contact <laughs> with, before, with 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 the head of the boat, and <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like like uh after about 30 seconds or so like uh mr swafford you you know that you can get our fireman swafford you know you can uh get out of the water <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> get out of the water and everything the thing that i didn't tell you is that that room is filling up with water constantly yeah like that's the thing is by the time that we get um uh the proper clamps on and get everything fixed and stuff that water can be uh, way above your head like there's three feet gaps on the bottom from from the catwalk thing that you're walking on what you're Mm -hmm. inspecting and that whole room can fill all the way up with water right and uh it's it's pretty intense you know just sorry um i mean just the intensity of knowing that there's water pumping into the sealed room is is enough but then to actually see and feel it coming up and creeping you know up to your boots and then your ankles and then like up to your knees and your thighs and it's like chest level and you're trying to get these straps on you got stuff busting underneath where you have to like get under yeah. there and then you have to like climb up on stuff to get shit, you know ratchet it down and it, right it's, it was an intense fun experience um
0: yeah i I can only assume I mean that's and that's part of the training is they're trying to prep you for something that could actually in theory happen yeah too, so. and
1: I mean I did like I said I don't know how much in battle stations 21 I'm allowed to talk about but mm-hmm. I mean as far as just some of the maneuvers I, I don't think it would it'd be pretty dumb I mean there is a lot of really dumb rules in the UCMJ but yeah it's it's uh I went through similar experience when I before I graduated boot camp was that you know, there's, there's water filling up in a room and you have all this ammunition that you have to get out. I mean, you have to get literal torpedoes out of the room when you're chest deep in water and then you have to seal off the bulkhead and you have to like, yeah, it's, it's intense and it's, you know, scary. It's one of those things where, you know, you've been doing this training and strength building and trusting, you know, your brothers. And then all of a sudden, you know, shit hits the fan and you know that there's probably contingency plans so that no one dies, but, then there's always that little nagging voice in the back of your head that just goes, yeah, but shit can malfunction. <laughs> 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 like, You've never seen anything break before? And that was that That little voice went right through my head and out of my mouth, and I probably freaked a few people out. Right. Because oh, it'll be fine, man. There'll be a hunky-dory, and I'm like, yeah, what happens if something breaks? <laughs> you just shut, shut your fucking mouth. Just shut your mouth, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. I... <sighs> I don't know man I love these stories uh my dad was uh um he was stationed in Bad Kissingen Germany in the 80s on a uh Bradley uh tank and uh the stories he would tell are just so fucking ridiculous you know um but I think in your case again it's it's a, you're 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 in a you're in a ship that's designed to be underwater, right? But you're under yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of pressure, mm-hmm. and if one thing goes wrong, it's and it's well. Dead. I mean, the
1: good news is if enough things go wrong, we'll never see it coming. So that's good. You yeah. know, that's fair. No, <laughs> aren't you afraid of drowning? Oh no. That's what I love about being in a tin can in the bottom of the ocean is <laughs> a chance. I'm not going to drown. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to drown. Uh, it'll be over long before that. Um, all right, man. So, so your first job was the Navy. Um, mm.
1: and that's... Which I, I do have to, Oh, I want to issue that formal apology. One, to all the coast guard um, officers that I uh, showed such blatant disrespect and funny, funny jokes to, I know that makes me seem less sincere, and but, you know, um, and then my other uh, apology is to the U.S. Navy. Thank you for spending millions of dollars in trading to make me a goddamn good janitor. <laughs> Attention to detail is probably the one thing that I still have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> come do my job. I never yeah. <laughs> I never served in the armed forces, so I'm not a terrible janitor. I just know that there's better out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah um all right man well uh
1: so uh, maybe we should uh jump to our uh we got a quick and interesting um i got a quick fact uh yes kind of pertains to the navy something that they taught me probably one of the most valuable things they taught me was that if you have a pair of coveralls okay um you can actually grab your neck the top's get tight. If you slap the water, it'll form an air bubble in your back and you can free-float without expending any energy um indefinitely. Um every few minutes you'll have to slap the water a few more times to force air into it, but it could save your life if you don't die from you know hypothermia or shark attack in the meantime. But it is uh an invaluable piece of information, I think. I think it's interesting.
0: All right. Um so I'm going to cover interesting, which is not as quick. Yeah. Um, not this time, at least. So there's a YouTube video I stumbled across a while back uh, called The Worst Russian Voyage. It's by a cat named Blue Jay. Um, just Blue Jay, right? And this story is so epic. I, I just, I love it. Um, <laughs> so... In the early 1900s, uh, the Russians are trying to take a warm water port for themselves. And they see an excellent port in China. And so they go to take this port and the Japanese are like, yeah, no, nah, son, we're not playing this game with you. That's ours. We attack China, not you. And the <laughs> Russians are like, but it's, we, we need this. And the Japanese are like, we don't care. And so the Russians declare war on the Japanese. So here's the thing is that their Navy is stationed all the way on the Europe side of the, con- uh, of, uh, of the world. Right. And so.
1: Continent would be great. Yeah. Continent of
0: Russia. Continent. They're, they're definitely the Western side. Yeah. <laughs> so, so their Navy is stationed all the way over there. So they have a choice. They can go through the Baltic or they can go all the way around. The problem with the Baltic is that it's all ice. They're, you can't get through it at this point in time. They don't have icebreaker technology yet mm-hmm. um, that's strong enough to break the sheets of ice through the Baltic Sea. So what they have to do is they have to go all the way around. So they bring on this captain who's kind of notorious for having a really bad attitude and being very uh, foul-tempered most <laughs> of the time. Um, so much so that they, you know, they realize how bad-tempered he is And they packed extra cases. And I'm not talking, you know, a couple. I'm talking like they packed a crap ton of binoculars, crates crates and crates of binoculars, because he would get so mad he would toss binoculars overboard. And they got to have them. So they like gave him a whole supply, like a whole year's supply of binoculars. Can you imagine being the company that sold those? (laughs) All right. Um, So call from Russia. Yes. They take (laughs) off. And almost immediately they beach their flagship and it takes them months to get their flagship out. <laughs> they also somehow managed to lose an anchor during that incident. <laughs> then as they're heading out past Denmark, they see ships off in the distance and they think that, um, they think that it's a Japanese ship by the way in case any of you forgot uh this war is supposed to happen in the sea of shishima near japan so you know makes sense that the japanese would be in denmark uh so they attack the ship only to find out it's russian fishermen who are trying to deliver a message to the captain that says he's been promoted to something like rear admiral or something like that i don't i don't know (laughs) then they're passing dogger bank near england and they see more ships that they have definitely learned their lesson and they're like those are british fishermen not japanese nope they thought they were japanese ships and they attacked them as well uh but the you know cannon fire from all of these untrained soldiers uh not unlike the last incident in denmark they missed <laughs> uh pretty much every shot that they fired um in fact the british uh have a joke around you know those pe- those fishermen at Dogger Bank are like, we beat the Russian Navy. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even have guns on our boat. <laughs> um, and the British were like, look, you can't use the Suez Canal. If you don't use the Suez Canal to get to the Sea of Shishima, uh, and you go all the way around Africa, we'll forgive you for this one, because it is kind of hilarious. But yeah. you need to be punished for your poor choices so they continue their bad? journey you should
1: see what we're up to next
0: <laughs> they continue their journey mind you at this point in time these are coal-powered ships and they have piles of coal on board all of their ships which is just rife for disaster a lot of soldiers uh manage to get really sick and you know have the black lung and stuff like that so super not good also, along the way, they cut a telegraph wire with an anchor, um, because why not? Anchors seem to be a theme in the story. Um, at uh, Madag- the birth of Russian
1: anti-intelligence. Right.
0: Uh, <laughs> as, we, as, 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 our, as our brave heroes uh, round um, the, the Horn of Africa, they come upon Madagascar. And in Madagascar, they decide to take a stop and have themselves a nice beach vacation and maybe take home some souvenirs. And uh, they brought alligators, uh, chameleons that they lost on board the ship. Anything um, to liven up the ship. Anything to liven up the ship. But my personal favorite was a poisonous snake that they taught to drink vodka, and the snake acted like a poisonous snake would act. Wrapped itself around a gun barrel, and when one of the Russian, uh, when one of the Russian higher ups decided to go grab it, it bit him, and he died so yeah i I
1: would i would definitely say that the snake was definitely acting like a snake i mean (laughs) poisonous snakes generally don't wrap themselves around their prey but yeah they do wrap themselves
0: around trees Um,
1: that that's true
0: very snake like (laughs) so 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 they go to do a 21 salute 21 gun salute for the guy (laughs) and they finally hit something One of their own ships, because they chose not to use (laughs) blanks.
1: See, I told you I could hit something.
0: (laughs) It gets better. As they're nearing the Sea of Shishima, the captain's like, oh, crap, I never trained these guys. And it's really apparent with how many times they've missed fishermen and hit their own ships that maybe they should be trained. (laughs) So he goes to train them. And they have one of their main boats pulling a target ship for them to shoot at. They didn't hit the target ship, but they did hit the ship that was pulling the target ship. <laughs> Why
1: would we hit target ship? Target ship's not even moving by itself. You hit you hit engine. So,
0: <laughs> so finally, they get to the Sea of Shishima. And everybody douses their lanterns in the middle of the night. Except for the hospital ship, because per the rules of engagement for the time period, hospital ships were told you have to leave your lights on um, so that you don't get attacked because you're a hospital ship. And the hospital ship sees a ship off in the darkness and it signals to the ship, hey, we're supposed to be lights off uh, because we're trying to sneak up on the Japanese. The ship that it signaled was a Japanese ship. <laughs> the the japanese kicked the crap out of the russians and it was the uh first ever first ever time that an asian country was able to beat a western power um so uh is there a moral to the story i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i think that um reading a map learning how to use your equipment before you set off on a grand adventure would probably be a key piece of, you know, um, advice there.
0: Also, you know, maybe actually training your sailors how to use the tools they're provided. I think, uh, I think they could have avoided that really hilarious story.
1: (laughs) Except maybe the snake part.
0: Yeah, but even then, you know, you get some you get a you get some kind of animal expert who's like, whoa, oh, that's a mamba. Don't bring that on the ship. That's a terrible idea. You're teaching it to drink vodka? What are you crazy? <laughs> no.
1: The snake can kill a man and he'll be dead in seven seconds. That's great. Bring it on board. You like okay. Igor, what is that? I'm tre- teaching it to drink vodka. <laughs> that is a great idea. Nothing could please me more than drunk snake put him in captain's corners he loves it
0: (laughs) i like the uh i like the fact that they brought they brought a bunch of chameleons on the boat and they lost all of them not because the chameleons (laughs) went not because the chameleons went overboard just because they blend in with everything (laughs) (laughs) oh oh man all right um so i think this is the segment where we're gonna go a little political so if you are worried about politics and i I, i'm gonna spare you this week um i'm not so sure about my wonderful co-host here but um normally um we'd have a political segment right here and then we'd just tell you hey take off for a couple of minutes and then we'll insert a timestamp through editing so that you can come back um, and finish out the show, um, if you don't want to hear the politics. Um, but yeah, I I don't really have anything overly political to talk about today. I just I just kind of want to leave people with the thought process of you know be good to one another. You know that's uh, honestly I work I work in retail currently, and I just I get to see how cruel people can be to one another. You know, mm-hmm. for no reason other than a sale, and uh, we're coming out of Christmas now, um, which is kind of the hardest time of year for a lot of people. But just remember that the person that you're talking to behind the cash register—they're not your servant; they're a person. You know, yeah, uh, the we, person we are not indentured servants. Exactly, the person that's getting your vegetables or the person that's bagging your groceries you know the person stocking the shelves they're people you know yeah um, they're and...
1: at work they're doing a job they're providing a service for compensation yep. it, it's not they're not your fucking servants <laughs> I, I guess that kind of leads to
0: good oh. i was just gonna say um yeah just treat people like they're people don't mm-hmm. don't treat somebody like they're a servant because you think they're less than you it's not all right that's true
1: Absolutely. Um, I guess my uh, bare knuckle moment, where I take the gloves off. Um, I, I'm just going to speak on duality here. The um, Slipknot I, album. I hate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't going to make that part of the music segment, but yeah. that wasn't
0: that wasn't an album. That was a song specifically. The album was the subliminal verses. I used to have that album. Anyways, carry on, Josh. Sorry about that. Oh no worries,
1: no worries. Um yeah, no, just duality. The, the 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 two-dimensional black and white mindset that so many people have has literally driven me nuts my entire life. Mm. You know, on, on a religious front, if you say that you don't believe in God, then you must, you know, worship the devil. And I'm like, no, that's I don't believe in Christianity as an example. Um, so no, I don't believe in the devil. Because that's part of Christianity, and then recently in the last, you know, five six years, it's been this Trump thing. Where I will not hide it from anybody. I even have friends that are Trump supporters. I do not. I think he's a piece of shit. He's a coward um, and a shitty president. And, oh, you like Joe Biden? No, fuck that guy's fucking weird. No, mm-hmm. he's also way too old to be fucking in politics still. I, I don't believe that anybody over a certain age. It's not being ageist; just realistic should not have the power to alter or change legislation that will not affect them in five years when they're dead. Okay. That's if it's something that directly pertains to them. Okay. Absolutely. Everybody should have a voice. See, even if that voice is fucking stupid,
0: we have, we have a minimum age, but we don't have a maximum age. And I, I think I kind of concur with that. Um, there's another point where I was talking to somebody and the way that we set up, um, our judicial branch is mm-hmm. uh our supreme court judges um they don't have term limits so they'll sit Which in that is ridiculous yeah they'll sit in that post for ages to come also just being in a bipartisan or not a bipartisan i mean that's technically the correct term but a, yeah. but a two-party, a system, two-party system it's yeah, it's yeah. it's it's fractured and it's broken you know mm-hmm um
1: it, 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 that's like i said that that definitely plays right into that duality that that that, that fucking this or that like right not, no there, there's not two simple answers excuse me you cannot have a melting pot excuse me a melting pot of, of a country with all different walks of life and ethnic backgrounds and and history and and, and lineage and shit like that <clears throat> And immediately expect that two parties is going to be enough to cover everybody's thoughts and needs. That's ridiculous. That's that's like beyond moronic. I think
0: we're the only democratic, free country that operates on a two-party system. I think the rest of them operate anywhere between four to six. Um, mm -hmm. Even as uh, i i love to give the canadians a little grief our hat um <laughs> they, they they operate on like a six-party system there, there's even mm. more than that but typically it tends to be about six parties that typically tend to get elected yeah, weirdly but, enough you know, most that, that of them are from the Quebec. Majority, yeah yeah from what i from what i've heard most of them are from quebec it's mostly french canadians <laughs> that get it um which
1: uh, cool. I, I do hear it's the best part of canada <laughs>
0: It's the best Canada and Zealand. Um, land. <laughs> the other Canada is hardly Canada. If you live here, I'm sure you'd understand. Um, thank you, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. <laughs> Absolutely. And see, that's
1: just the other thing, the entertainment industry. And I, I, I do love the way that Matt Stone and Trey Parker have done it for fucking almost 20 years. You know? Yeah, man it's just that it doesn't matter what medium the flaws are pointed out people are just still not getting it you know it, it's you know I, I just heard a rap song and i didn't really care for it it's called Fuck joe biden okay like my buddy's just like hey wait did you vote for joe biden i was like no no i did not and he was just like oh, okay and then plays this song where it's just more pro-Trump rhetoric and, and being a quote-unquote patriot. And I was like, okay, Mr. Tattooed Face, um, are you ex-military? I don't, I don't know if you are. I'm just making an assumption because I have a brain stem. So I just automatically get thoughts like that. Um, yeah, you're not a patriot because you say fuck Joe Biden. Like you were saying, Aaron, reach across the aisle. Okay, the, this, this constant, you know, well, fucked up person, fuck this person. And I do wanna to apologize to our listeners. I do use a lot of profane language. Um, I don't think that it stunts or hinders my ability to think, nor does it reflect on my vocabulary at all. Just wanna throw that out as a, as a warning. But regardless, that's the thing is that, that people are so frustrated by decisions made of people in high stress, high power situations, and I'm not trying to justify joe biden or trump or anybody they're not willing to offer constructive criticism they're they're just trying to be pissed off and that frustrates me yeah that makes me want to take the gloves off and go no fuck you dude like oh you fuck trump so you don't like america no, i fucking love america dude i signed my name on the dotted line did you well no my dad did like well i just i couldn't because <laughs> oh okay now i know why you follow trump he said the same shit <laughs> well oh. my, my, my ankles are weak like i don't fuck man.
0: oh no i'm i'm in my case i'm just a fuck up i do love this country though um so much so i fly my nevada state flag behind me but i mm-hmm. don't care for trump or biden either i think they're both yeah no inherently and that's the, terrible
1: yeah circle full circle back here just to the, to the duality okay like stop thinking two-dimensionally people Stop just thinking that it has to be this way or that. It doesn't. Okay. We're human beings. We're not contented homo erectus because that branch died because we are constantly striving for better. And if you limit yourself constantly to having such a bleak and narrow outlook on life, nothing is ever going to get better. Look at that person, you know, that I'm just going to stereotype because I, I see them every day living where I live. I'm surrounded by by this melting pot of different cultures and thoughts and personalities, and there's a big chunk of them that are racist, intolerant, bigoted pieces of shit. And I have no problem telling them to their face. Go, okay. Well, what what would you do better? Well, you know, I would just change that to what. If you cannot offer any positive critiquing, then shut the fuck up you can't just say no. well fuck that person because i don't like what they did well what would you do what What are your thoughts on this right. well i don't really have anything because i don't really know how it works okay so you're just a sheep following other other sheep and regurgitating misinformation and bullshit reach across the aisle
0: i, I love offer it when, actual solutions i love it when uh they call they call everybody sheeple and yet they're blindly following a movement and being sheeple and i'm like hey listen man if you really sit and think about it we're all being farmed we're all providing a service to somebody some higher power some higher power i don't know i'm not going to say it's god it's a person that's making Mm. money off of it but the point is is that you know we're we're all caught up in this now some of us choose to believe cnn or some of us choose to believe fox which by the way Mm. both are full of shit yeah. Um, no, watch it all. Like, yeah. Some of us choose to read the New York Times. Some of us choose to watch the BBC. But they're pandering for ratings. You know, that's their entire mission. It's um, never...
1: why you can't have a media outlet that that is based. You can't have people's livelihoods um, be subjected by how many views they get. Exactly. Okay? They're not going to want to get put out good information if they know they can make more money and have a more
0: comfortable life. Being entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 unfortunately the world that we live in currently. And if you ever try to wake people up to it, they get really upset and distressed with you. And if somebody sees that you're awake to it, you know, they always try to be like, yeah, I'm right there with you. And it's like, look, I'm not even fully awake to it. You yeah, know, I, no, I love I mean, saying the minuscule dot that you're looking at on the painting, there's a full painting behind that. And mm. even I'm not catching the full painting. Shout there's to more too.
1: pale blue dot,
0: yeah, exactly. You know. you're not you're not catching you're not catching everything, you know? yeah, and you'll you'll never be able to catch everything. You'll drive mm. yourself crazy being a conspiracy theorist who looks for everything. The truth yeah. of the matter is is that you do need to know, you know, how to differentiate between what is entertainment and what is truth. And mm. that's a really hard thing to do these days because the lines have been so blurry for so long, you know.
1: They have. And that's the thing, is that <laughs> sorry, my brain immediately went back to that sheep comment about I'm not a fucking sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, fuck me, Didn't man. you like, just what... if the <laughs> Lord is your
0: shepherd, wouldn't you just be saying that you're you're in yeah, his flock, no, therefore you're a sheep, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not a sheep. I don't just blindly believe everything I hear. Okay, so did you read the court documentary? Well, no, no, but I've heard all about it. Okay. From who? You know, um
0: <laughs> Who's right. your source, man? Yeah.
1: Well, my 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 cousin Billy Bob, he uh he really 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 just sits down and him and his old lady, Tammy Lynn, they sit there and they watch The Fox, The Fox and the Friends and uh you know they, they 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 get all the info man stuff you wouldn't even believe like i bet you 500,000 dollars right this second i won't believe it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well like yeah, no. and that's the the fox news side of it and I, and that, this is the problem that i have with the other side of the aisle is the cnn side of it they're always like well anderson cooper and i'm like dude anderson cooper has been full of shit since anderson cooper had a tv show i'm sorry i don't get me wrong i i think larry king's an amazing dude but i don't believe everything he fucking says you know yeah um i think uh god what's that bill maher i think bill maher is hilarious but i don't believe everything he says even john even even politically politically you yeah uh e- even john oliver like i love that john oliver goes out and he researches things that none of us are thinking about you yeah. know and but even then i'm still like this is entertainment this is not news this is entertainment that, and th-
1: those kind of tv personalities and newscasters and stuff like that okay look at the credits okay that that's all i have to say is that i've never heard not one person who is fan person obsessed with these kind of uh, media outlets and these TV personalities, where they're just like you know, like for example, for example, fucking John Oliver show. You know, was that the Weekly Update or something like that, where it's just like you know, starring John Oliver, written, directed, everything by John Oliver? No, of course not. He no. has writers. Everybody has writers. So I mean, I love John Stewart. You know, when when he was doing. um
0: Daily uh, Show, with,
1: yeah, the Daily Show. Fucking love John Stewart, and I know that he wrote some of his stuff, but <laughs> yeah, all these people are actors. They, they master takes, a craft.
0: It takes a village to produce a show like that. Yeah, absolutely. it really does. Absolutely. And and I mean, I'm hoping that one day Blue Collar gets itself into that vein too, where we have yeah. more people working with us and helping us out. Mm. Um, but I mean, right now it's just the two of us. Um, and and again, the there's There's definitely one of the things that I want to say is that I don't think that we are even close to an exception to the rule. You know, we're here for your entertainment and we're definitely going to tell you stories about, yeah, we're going to tell you stories about what we do, but we're also going to tell you our opinions. And that's Mm -hmm. just, that is that you have to understand that some of these things are our opinions.
1: Because I'm an American. It's my favorite part of the show. Yeah. to speak my mind. And, and, oh, I I didn't want to give a shout out to where I'm currently working in a liquor store um before we wrap up this segment um because you know there's more to come but um yeah just the fact that I, I truly appreciate working for a small business um and not once again that that doing things for ratings in a sense because <laughs> i don't work for a huge chain i don't work as just a number i am a valued employee yeah. and they have bent over backwards to help me and i will bend over backwards to help the business Because I am a person, I do have my own opinions, and within the standards of the fact that I can have somebody come in and be absolutely ignorant to my face, and I do try to handle it professionally, I either completely ignore them or brush them off, but when they include other customers, I am fully within my right to let them know what you're doing is not
0: acceptable. Did Did you say that you work in a small business? Because I I just want to throw a snide comment out at both (laughs) CNN and Fox. You're the backbone of America, Josh. (laughs) Working in the small business liquor store that you work in. Um, Don't let me don't let me disenfranchise the liquor <laughs> store that you work for. I do think that what your people do or what your bosses do is very important. I think what you do is very mm-hmm. important. All, however, all this is really uh, however, uh, the true backbone um, and almost the organs of the entire United States are semi-truck drivers. I would say the veins and,
1: and the, I would say the lifeblood.
0: <laughs> the it, lifeblood. This country yes. would not operate without them and they are constantly overlooked. Um,
1: yeah, um, I, I want to th- keep adding to that, um, I guess, analogy there. Uh, Just that yes, okay, small businesses can absolutely be the backbone, every facet of our country, every larger organization and fortune 500 company can absolutely be every part of the bat, every part of the body. But without the veins, the highways and without the truckers, you know, the the lifeblood that brings everything to all the important parts of our country. You're absolutely right,
0: man. It, It wouldn't run. Oh, we, we couldn't, without shipping, without the mass shipping that we've created, the society we live in today couldn't exist, um, yeah. and it's all because of and it advances in technology around trucking um, and shipping in general, so, you know, the intermodal containers came around in the 80s, and that was a super important part of figuring out how to transport goods, from one place to another um i'm surprised it took them that long god (laughs) as i'm just like wait you can put these things in boxes that stack on top of each other they're giant metal boxes this is really brilliant we should uh we should go with this um yeah yeah. and i also in my nerdy response you had mentioned something about um you had mentioned something about religion in the uh, bare knuckle moment and i just i just wanted to say look you know what I'm fine with you having whatever religion you want to have, but it's always important that if you do have a religion that you be like the Blues Brothers and be on a mission from God.
1: <laughs> We're on a mission from God. <laughs> We're on a mission
0: from God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always love talking about like when it snows up here uh, in Washington, Western Washington, um, I see people like spinning around and I'm like, nice blues brother parking job. <laughs> You've done well. <laughs> Somebody
1: knows their classics.
0: <laughs> Occasionally I'll get that person who's like, yeah, I meant to do that. And I'm like, no, you never did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's round this off with the, what we always do. Um, so I didn't catch the reference. I'm not in gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to, I don't Neither know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we have a final segment of our episode where we pick a uh, we pick an album. Uh, Josh is going to pick an album. I'm going to pick an album And we pick a song uh, or a song it'll... or, you know, yeah, it's
1: it's kind of loose. We you know?
0: It's loose for now. The...
1: What, what music is speaking to you now?
0: Right. And uh, for this particular segment, I chose uh, the Dead Kennedys Bedtime for Democracy album. Uh, it's an excellent album check out the album artwork it's wonderful um and i chose uh the song take this job and shove it which was originally a johnny paycheck song but i'm choosing the dead kennedy's version of it this time around um just for its fast-paced raunchiness great song uh love the <laughs> another dead great kennedys. i had
1: to cut you off real fast another great rendition of that i, I cannot for life of me remember who it was i know that it was on the office space soundtrack um, yeah take it's uh
0: johnny paycheck. j-o-b
1: take this uh job and shove it i
0: thought that was johnny paycheck that did that one
1: well i think it's just a rendition of that um mm.
0: but uh it's a killer song it,
1: it is it's fantastic i i really don't think that it's a i know i, I know it's not the johnny paycheck version i gotcha um,
0: Which, by the way, I mean, if you guys are in the mood to listen, um, you know Johnny Paycheck's version of it is on Spotify as well as the Dead Kennedys. So, nice. If you yeah, guys are, this one's
1: called uh, "Shove This Job."
0: Shove this job. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Cool, cool, cool. What do you got, man?
1: Well, I got, um, as we've spoken many times before, uh, when it comes to blue collar and the things that really speak to me, um. About being blue-collar, uh, the blues definitely um, speak to me. And uh, I think, as far as the song goes, uh, "Lightning Hopkins," um, it's a it's a sin to be rich and a low-down shame to be poor. Might be bastardizing the um, the name there, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, definitely a great one. Um,
0: yeah, he... and you know with,
1: with with that kind of punk vibe, I know I've I've changed up uh stuff quite a few times, but um who was it? Um Red, White, and Brainwashed. I can't remember if that was the name of the album or not. Um let's see here what is that uh sorry listeners using the internet here so i can't remember if that was let's see here it was uh, anti anti-flag and i think oh, oh die for yeah the government yeah that was a fantastic fucking album yeah anti-flags um die for the government i mean from from start to finish uh definitely related with a lot of the songs yeah <laughs> but yes red white and brainwashed um okay. off that album
0: was fantastic yeah yeah it is a good album i know the one you speak of sir all right well uh we're want to thank you guys for uh sitting in and listening to this um sorry about the scraping uh (laughs) in the background um no it's it's been an honor and a
1: privilege and that did i miss something
0: yeah maybe um yeah it's been an honor and a privilege to have you guys uh tuning in and listening to us and we hope that uh we hope that we've done good on this episode and that we're able to garner some results from it um we uh we really like doing it it's a lot of fun getting behind a microphone and just talking so uh if you yeah we'll we'll have a we'll have more social media info up soon um so that you guys can get in contact with us talk to us about what we're doing if you want to come on and talk about what you do we'd love to have you um yeah so thank you for choosing to listen to the blue collar talk show man i've been your host aaron and i've been josh
1: all right stay classy